Memory is a strange thing. My name is Matthew Kroll. And if you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. My name is Shahir Dowd. What is up? And welcome to the only podcast about movies. Specifically, our, you know... (laughs) mandatory, I would say, almost contractually obligated (laughs) 2016 year in reviews of reviews of the year. You could also call it you could also what? call it. You could also have called it the only podcast review of the only podcast about movies. That is also correct. Uh, you might notice Shahir and I are a little bit. Um, what's the word? Uh, Disparate. You don't. We're uh, distant. You don't treat me the way you used to, Matt. You don't. Uh, you don't take me out to dinner anymore. I've, I'm sensing some. What's the word I'm looking for here? Some distance between us very good very good uh (laughs) shahir couldn't make it all the way to brooklyn he's very busy doing his um his his uh his uh what would i say um hmm. i work for a living uh and and i have a and i have a project that i'm working on that's uh that's keeping me away from you matthew and uh, it's bullshit (laughs) bullshit uh but but (laughs) i want you to be poor and in this fucking studio and arguing with me about spotlight that's that pays the bills that keeps the lights on Uh, i have a feeling we will be doing just that tonight at some point Uh, great spoilers for my uh my top 10 uh but matt this is yeah hi well how's your year been dude oh god don't don't (laughs) ask me that 2016 uh, how was it for you Oh, Jesus. Uh, cinematically great, uh, kind of. And then otherwise, uh, I had ups and downs. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's it's a year of change all around. It is a year of change all around. It's been an interesting year for us as a podcast. A sick and sure. Year, sick and year doing this. And, and this is a year that we really stepped up and... We delivered uh, an episode a week, sometimes two a week. Sometimes two because we love you. <laughs> We're not like the other podcasts that you listen to. Actually, they probably do the same thing. Yeah. They love you too, but we love you just a little bit. Just more. a little bit more. We're like that auntie that comes over that brings all the really cool toys. That's what we do. We're the only auntie movie podcast <laughs> <laughs> that analogy <laughs> fell apart but i liked it no we're the cool relative we're the we're the guys that aren't responsible for your well-being but we'll take you to go do something reckless and then once you hurt yourself we'll make sure you're okay and then pass you back to your parents because the the the, the top 10 is always kind of feels like a a, a year-end wrap-up i do want to say thank you to our listeners it's been a really it's actually been a great year for us um, it really has we, we, we've done two panels now we've uh, engaged with listeners a lot more i felt we've been building our audience up people are really you know uh, taking the time to write in write us reviews tell us things that they like that they don't like um so i i just think you know like the podcast is building it's 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 growing it's becoming a a bigger thing that i'm really really enjoying so you know i want to thank uh, a i want to thank you matt for 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 a building your studio and keeping us going uh, paying the bills when I'm just free free riding off your off your hard earned uh, dollars, off the hard earned hard earned non uh, <laughs> currency based podcast fake dollars. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, uh, off your currency comma, off your uh, internet uh, goal points, um, and then uh, you know, and I and I just yeah, I want to thank our listeners for like really being there, taking the time. You know, like I said, we've got a lot of listeners in Australia, we have a lot of listeners in the United Kingdom. Yeah, um, you know. Um, I even even Austria we've got a lot of listeners for some reason um, I'm I'm fascinated and I love that everyone I mean I love the US listeners too obviously but I love the the uh global listening uh, listenership because it's just so it's so freaking cool to me that we 
have somehow reached your homes. And I'm so glad that we did. I'm glad some of you have written in, you know, and written how we've become sort of part of your weekly routine. And that means the absolute world to us. And uh, we we wouldn't keep doing this if you guys didn't keep listening and telling your friends and, and, and just being great, being a great audience. So thank you guys very much. Uh, and we're going to keep on doing this as long as you keep listening. Shahir, thank you for being here normally. <laughs> <laughs> I have been absent a little bit more this year than I than I would have liked to have been. But It's okay. Uh, that, that, means, that means you're busy. That means you're keeping up your chops. And uh, that means the... Uh, that robot music video, it's coming. <laughs> it's, it's coming. coming out. It's coming out. We And you know that for a fact now. I know. Secrets. Um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, and, and listen, if you if you like the show or you have ideas on how we can improve or whatever, you can always reach us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com uh, or onlymoviepod on Twitter. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. Let us know. Just even say hi. I mean, or movies you want us to do or anything like that. It would just be, it's awesome to engage you guys. And you guys have become like a like a weird little extra internet family for me. And I like <laughs> what's, it. What's cool is that at the panels, we've met people that listen to us regularly. And it's really cool to like hear from people, you know, like that, that, kind of sort of know us now and uh you know and have opinions yeah. about what we like what we don't and what i what i think is cool as well is that is that there's no i think even our regular listeners don't always side with one of us they're always kind of yeah. shifting in between you know like i really agree with you on this one but i think you're completely wrong on that one i get that a lot now yeah um, no it's 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 interesting because movies are something that are so subjective and uh i really like it when you guys write in and make me think of a point that uh yeah. that I, I didn't think of or that I or disagree even if I disagree with it or you disagree with me or or you know if everyone's disagreeing that means we're doing something weirdly right yeah if that makes sense because <laughs> that's every side of the film so uh yeah that's always awesome and, and, I think, and the panels the panels have been cool yeah. we just came back from uh magfest uh in really uh, fun panel at dc yeah it was super fun, and um, we we actually Shahir. So once you left, uh, I was on um, also the extra credits panel with James, with James. Portnow. Yeah, James Portnow, great. And I heard uh, this went we, for a while. Yeah, <laughs> this, so this panel went for ten hours total, and it wow. gradually got smaller and smaller. But we answered every question about mostly video game stuff. But when uh, uh, you know film or video stuff came up, me and Red were uh, were right there, nice. and. Um, it was funny because someone made a joke about movies and then someone in the audience made a joke about a uh, good thing. We have one of the o people from the only podcast about movies. And I was like, Oh, did you go to the panel earlier today? And he, or this week weekend, he's like, no, I just listened to you. And I was like, this is so fucking weird. If it sounds like we're surprised that people listen to us, we are, but not yeah. because we, we, we have the metrics. We know people are listening. We see the numbers, but, it, but it's always just nice to know that people are, actually engaging i think you know yes. like it's not just listening but engaging with us that we really appreciate uh well at least i do anyway um i appreciate it as well yeah so um, matt yeah. uh this is uh this is going to be an interesting one last year we did the same thing we reviewed yes. we, we did a top 10 of the movies we reviewed that year and yes granted that was reviews although i do have that separate list so yeah. this is just the films it was a short year so uh so we because we'd just gotten started but uh -huh. but but i i mean my i have a few ground rules for, for the way i like to assemble my list i think about my list a lot like do you have ground rules 
rules for the way you put your list together? Is there any parameters? Or no, is it just- I'm the fucking, I'm the freewheeling one here. I'm not worried about your rules, man. You can't keep me down. You're the joker on this shit. It's just chaos reigns, that kind of thing, which I think was the, actually the fox from Antichrist instead of the joker, but never mind. Um, <laughs> my rules go something like this. One is I didn't include any movie that um, that was a, a fan request movie. So an older movie, I didn't I didn't include Ooh, those. Interesting. Uh, I'm looking at my list. I didn't do that either, but not because you told me to. Oh, there you go. It's it's kind of like you have an in- internally built set of rules. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing is that I. Um, also, there's a few movies we did at the beginning of the year that are technically from 2015. And right. whenever uh, I was considering one of those films, I had to basically say, is this film better than anything I saw in 2016? If it's not, uh-huh. then it's not going to make my cut. Right. You know, so basically for me, anything that was made or came out was released in 2016, even though if it was a film from 2015 that we reviewed in 2016, had to kind of meet a, a higher criteria. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, inclusion. yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. fine. Um, and uh, that's about also, it. Also, really. no films that start with the letter L. Oh. Just that was my only rule. I'm um, just checking. No, I, I, ooh, I, I broke your rule. Arbitrary. And last year you gave me a lot of shit because there were occasionally times where I would put in like, oh, it could have been this, it could have been that. Kind of, I would put like, oh, two movies that were equally oh, right. ranked. You flip flopped on a bunch of spots. Yes, no, no, I remember I that. Flip, I wouldn't call it flip flopping. I would just call it like indecisiveness. Hey, these, no, these two movies kind of did exactly the same thing for me, and I couldn't indecisiveness. And you I, need to pick one. That's what these lists are for. <laughs> oh, I just don't. I hate ranking movies. Is what I hate. But we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. All right. So, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Uh, dealer's choice. Uh, li- li- I'll, I'll go with my number ten. Okay, number ten. Shahir, number ten. Number ten is for me hail caesar by the cohen brothers okay it was respect yes it's, it's a it was an early choice early film um but it's one that i've thought about a lot more since now i think this per- movie personally resonated with me because it is about the love of film and filmmaking in some respect um and the more i thought about other films this year this stood out to me as something special. And I don't think the film kind of entirely works. But, for example, I think this has a better musical number than, say, La La Land, which won the yeah. Golden Globes. Agreed. Uh, I, it's not a film that I, you know, uh, absolutely 100% love uh, in the Coen Brothers oeuvre. But it's uh, it's one that I really <laughs> like a lot. And, um, and when it came down to, to narrowing my list, it, it definitely made the cut. Just. Yeah, no, I I agree with I agree with that. I think I think um that's not my number ten, but I think it's um I think it was a strong movie, and and I really loved uh, the dude who played the cowboy, who's now going to be, be Han Solo, Han Solo, which I'm actually very excited about. Uh, I think uh it was a, it it was a movie that had very strong points, yeah, uh, and then it just sort of didn't have the connective tissue for me. Uh, but if this if this list went to fifteen, it would be on the on the eleven to fifteen uh, mark for me. If, if I'm I'm fairly certain. Okay, what's uh, your my, number ten? My, my number ten is a little bit of a is a, a dark horse kind of, but not really because it's me. Um, Warcraft. Huh. I just watched this actually. Yeah. So Warcraft is number ten for me 
because and I was debating what would get this coveted this coveted, <laughs> coveted basically spot. bottom of the rung victory. Right now Duncan Jones is just sitting up in his chair cheering that he made Matthew Kroll's top 10. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, look, th- so this man was tasked with taking a giant giant property and ex- and a, and a, and a in a in a genre, which I say video game movies as a genre, which isn't really true, but um, a high fantasy film that is not Lord of the Rings, and uh, trying to make it work along with keeping the, both the super nerds and the general public happy, and 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 a weird thing happened. I don't think either really were, but the more I watch this film, and here you have my copy of it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the more. I start seeing things uh, basically from our friend Red's perspective, and 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 it's and it's one of those things that, upon first viewing, seems super disjointed and runs too quick and just doesn't do the job right. But if it if it has so many other great things that I don't mind rewatching it, and then I find more things, and I have a you know previous understanding and all that jazz. So I don't know. I, I think it's a it's a good spot for my top 10. Uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't review it with you guys because I think if I'd reviewed it, I would be a bit harsher on it. Um, I watched it and I... I, th- I, I think overall, I think I was fairly indifferent on it. Like it didn't offend me, but it right. wasn't for me a great movie. But mm. there was a lot of like the things I was really impressed with the um, with the actual rendering of the orcs as they were beautiful. As, yeah, like, they really well, well the done. The main orcs, the side orcs were kind of bullshit. But and, the, but the Duratan and all that shit, Gul'dan. Yeah, they were really well done, and in a way, they were better done than Grand Moff Tarkin. Would you know, like way they, they, they felt done. more human. Yeah. In Grand Moff Tarkin in in Rogue uh, in Rogue One, so I was kind of yeah. impressed by that. Yep. Um, all right, yeah, that's right. You weren't on that one. That was uh, that was Parker and Kristen helped yeah, me out with exactly. that. Exactly. And Steve, Steve was there. Yeah, it was. I listened to the review uh, after I watched the film, and I I was. Uh, I think yeah. Again, if I was on that, I would be a lot harsher on the film. But You'd it, shit in our cereal a little bit. Yeah, but but that's but okay. I do fair, the same the, for you the for movie whatever. Didn't offend me or didn't excite right. me or all, right. all that much. Okay, good. What's your number nine? My number nine is a film that got both of us very excited, heated, you would say. What? The film was The Lobster, which oh, was a review you where- Because you take that animal and you put it in a pot of scalding hot water and hope it doesn't feel pain before you eat it. <laughs> no, I was going to say it got us heated because I think, it's a, I think it's the one review where we were- audibly actually yelling at each other at one point at the end there's of the review. There's been more than one. <laughs> there's been more than one. It's, it's the, one of the more memorable ones of this sure, year. It was, sure. a, it was a review I really enjoyed doing. It's a film that I've just thought a lot about since it came out. Um, mm-hmm. I think the last thing, the thing about that movie is that it does leave you kind of hanging by the end of it. But what I really enjoyed about it is the more I think about it, the more I enjoy it and the more I kind of I, I've gone back and rewatched it. The more I've enjoyed it upon a second viewing, the more the ending actually really works for me on a second time around. Interesting. Um, so I uh, I am... Uh, it wasn't a movie that I... It, like, when we reviewed it, I would have been surprised that it would if it ended up in my top 10 of the year. I did right. really like it, but I, I thought it was so divisive that I didn't know if it would end up that way. Um, but on repeat viewing... I, I got to say, the lobster stacks up. I'm, uh, right. I'm I'm in the pot with the lobster, so to speak. Stop with the stop. I don't know. That wasn't even a pun. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> knock it off. No, uh, the, look, it, it, I loved, like I said, 90% of the lobster, and then it fell apart for me like a lot of movies do uh, with a really sort of give up ending, in my opinion. And I know Ooh. that maybe upon, but it left me with such a bad taste in my mouth that I don't think I'll be watching it again because I don't want to, look, fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice 
I have to get in the lobster pot with Shahir. See, so. so this is the difference between Matt and Shahir is Warcraft is a movie you will revisit more than once, but the lobster isn't. Right. And and, and, is and the, I'm the and I'm the inverse of that, which is that Warcraft is not a movie I will revisit, but Lobster is. And that and polar, I that's totally fine. It's just a yeah. that's a clear distinction between the two polarizing of Polarizing opinions. My number nine, which mm-hmm. won't be too polarizing, I don't think, mm-hmm. is the nice guys. Ah yeah. I, um, the good old Shane Black vehicle. Uh, I really, really see that's one of those movies that I was like, this will be okay. Yeah. And then I saw it and I was like, whoa, like this is something that's way better than I anticipated it to be. Um, I'm not saying it's going to, you know, it's not going to win a trillion awards or anything, but it's nice to see just a standalone, uh, you know, just sort of, I guess not action movie. A um, nice guy film. <laughs> Just a buddy, a buddy action comedy. Is that, I don't even know if that's right. Like that's not, I don't know really how to, it's kind of a drama too, but it has a lot of heart and a lot of comedy and they like set it up for like, maybe there could be a sequel. I hope they don't. I hope it just lives in, in this space. Cause I thought it was really nice and it was a nice complete story that I was thoroughly uh, surprised to enjoy as much as I did. Right. I, I, uh, I, I would definitely see that's a film, which I didn't stack up very highly in my year in review in my year end uh, of the films we watched and it's not a film that i absolutely love but there were a lot there's a lot to like about it i sure. think my feeling was was that it was kind of now and this is derivative to say but lebowski light meets chinatown in some respect and and but you know there's a lot i like about it and there's a like you know the the first half hour i think of it is great um i would be interested to rewatch that and see if that on a repeat viewing whether that stacked up higher than i thought it would um but yeah, yeah it's interesting you know uh, not not a not a controversial choice at all they end no. up on a lot of people's top 10 list perfect number nine what is your number eight we're tearing through this shit so far we haven't hit a hurdle yet and <laughs> and, and i'm hoping for smooth sailing smooth sailing uh this one i don't think is going to be controversial ended up on a lot of top 10 lists this year and i'm obviously have some particular fiction for it because i i saw it in my home country and it's about my home country and that is hunt for the wilder people by taika waititi nice um, i I think this is just a really smart, elegantly told, fun ride. It's kind of, and it's, you know, like I'm making it sound like it's a, it's a baseline movie. It's a lot better than that. And maybe for me, I'm kind of slightly divorced from it a little bit because it feels so close to home. But for, you know, I can see why people flip out over this because it's, it's, it seems so foreign to a lot of people, you know, but this is kind of the areas I grew up in and and know very well. Uh, But even, even with that, I think Taika is, you know, an incredible director, um, a really fun writer. I think he knows characters. Uh, I'm not sure that's, enough to get me into thor 3 at this point i was point. just gonna say you are gonna be so fucking torn yeah. for thor ragnarok because you i know you buddy you get you you get like director uh, yeah what's the word um i i, I invest You're clingy a lot of, with your directors yeah which is is nice and it's loyal and it's good um, but it's, he's going to be making a film that is so against everything. I, I'm not. <laughs> you look, stand look, for. I, wa- I want a Marvel movie to blow me away. Like if a Marvel movie blew me away, I would be the first to talk about it. If if you know if uh, we'll see. Do you think? Do you th- think that Thor Ragnarok has the possibility, the the most possibility, to be that movie for you because of him? I think any 
any movie has the that has that possibility that I haven't seen. I'm saying in the current, if you know the directors of sort of the, the newest sort of Marvel movies. Look, if I didn't forward. know Taika was doing the film, definitely uh, Thor would be very, very low on my expectations list at oh, this point. Oh, man, I'm so interested in your thoughts on it. Because uh, I really, I fe- oh, God, I just feel like you're going to hate it, but also try to find ways to defend it. And I think that's going to be so interesting. Um, yeah, I'm cu- I'm curious to see. But Taika is going to be a huge talent to watch. I don't think yes. he's going to go the route of uh, the guy who directed, uh, it was Alan Taylor who directed Thor 2, you know, which, and Terminator Genesis, which, which are just two mm. fairly nondescript kind of movies. I think Taika is going to be a name that we will know and recognize from here on in but um but we'll see you know uh again uh i've seen all of his movies at this point uh, i think the thing about him is he every movie is better than the last um mm. so i'm hoping that trend continues with thor nice um and all i right. really dug uh, hunt for the world of people did you i mean did is this a movie that ended, appeared in your list or what do you think of hunt for the world of people? no i liked hunt for the world of people i thought it was super funny i thought i was trying to think of like comedies yeah uh and this was really uh one of like two or three like comedies i thought like deserved to be on a spot um and yeah i i mean i liked it a lot i, I think it was charming and cute and sam neill i'll watch anything that man does yeah um and yeah it's, it's so funny because he is a good actor sam neill's a great actor um but my loyalty it doesn't come from that it comes from jurassic park it comes from me looking up to him when i was a kid right and and it's so strange and i'm glad that he's good because otherwise i don't think that would have lasted oh man i mean my my sam neil comes from uh, a new zealand film called sleeping dogs and then uh, uh i think it's a it's an english film by uh, i'm not sure the uh ethnicity of the director but uh and andre zulowski film called position which sam neil is just batshit nuts in both of those yeah. movies uh, and worth a watch so I, i'm a big fan yeah all right what all was right. your uh, what was your number eight my number eight is the good dr strange i uh, didn't see it i know because you've been slacking you didn't see assassin's creed <laughs> you didn't see dr strange i feel like look i know you didn't want to see assassin's creed and that's fine but i feel like because out of out of out of respect for your boy, you gotta see Doctor Strange at some point. I, I look, I have again, I'm I'm always open to watching a Marvel movie. The thing that I think has been interesting for me this year is because time is such a is such a stretch for me, it's hard for me to get out to see things. I grow angrier when a movie just treads water. And that's kind of my. Well, you haven't seen it, so how yeah, can you know it treads water? I'm. I didn't say that uh, Doctor Strange treads, treads water. Okay. I think what what the most fear I have when I go into a movie is that a movie treads water and doesn't do anything interesting to warrant the time that it's taken me to go see it. And and I have to say, for me, Marvel movies are kind of you know for me for me personally a little bit middle of the road you know they're very middling i movies. never heard you say something like that that's so shocking to hear <laughs> so uh, so that's no, why dr strange, so- strange takes my number eight slot because it does it takes the marvel formula and i would never say that it flips it on its head but i don't think the marvel formula currently needs to be flipped on its head i think you need to inject your own sort of life and and not, not what's not twist but just like cinematic feeling or style to something and Doctor Strange took sort of the Tony Stark Iron Man one setup. It's a you know it's a it's a well to do doctor instead of a well to do you know arms dealer scientist mechanic, um, 
and you know makes him have something bad happen to him. He has to come, you know, crippling advert and come over, come over the adversity, yada yada yada. But then after that, after the act one, which does feel pretty similar, you start seeing things in this world that you hadn't seen before in a Marvel film. And I'm not just talking about visual effects. I'm talking about um, the way that um, uh, crises or uh, you know adversities are overcome. It's not just the punch fest. And I was I was praying it wasn't like shooting lightning and just zap zap zap, and that was going to be like the fight, mm-hmm. and, you know, the big fight. Uh, it took the big Marvel fight and turned it into something I think was incredibly interesting. So uh, that is why uh, it is my number eight. It's interesting. It's above uh, Nice Guys for you. So you think, and it's above Warcraft for you. So it's more yes. interesting than those films for you. Yes. And so I'll sort of, it, you know, the, 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 the six to 10 is sort of a, a, a muddle, I would say. Like, I, I, I could talk myself into raising or lowering any of them in this sort of bracket, to yeah. be honest. But this is my sort of gut reaction to it based on, like, how much do I think I'd watch it again? Or, like, you know, just sort of how much I actually spent thinking about it or how much I enjoyed it, like, the memory of enjoying it in the theater. I think the main reason I want to see it is, have you read the email exchange between Tilda Swinton and Margaret Cho about the casting of... Uh, uh, I, I skimmed it. I didn't go over it. it it's an interesting conversation because, you know, obviously the controversy around this is yes. traditionally the strength uh, 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 the ancient one I think it's called is yep. is an Asian character mm-hmm. uh, and Tilda Swinton uh, a very non non-asian person plays that role and she kind of uh, she wrote an email to Margaret Cho about it to kind of try and get the feelings about it and it, and it brings up a lot of um, the conversation is very interesting in terms of uh, being naive about you know like uh, sure. representation on screen. Um, so I, I'm very curious to see the film, whether it actually kind of does the things that Tilda Swinton says it does. I don't know. I, I didn't read them all. I go back and forth. I mean, I think obviously, you know, you could say either appropriation or just, just, um, non, no diversity is a pro it obviously is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie has a very diverse cast mm-hmm. and the reasoning from what I understand, um, that they decided to go with Tilda Swinton as opposed to, a uh, uh, an Asian man. Uh, is because, to be honest, the Doctor Strange mythos uh, is pretty much, it's based in, you know, Asian mm. stereotypes, for lack of a better term. It's based on, like, this we- stuff that we'd consider offensive. So what I think they did was they took the, the, the Pantheon and they sort of reworked a lot of ethnicities for a bunch of, uh, a few different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was sort of, I thought it was fairly, I mean, obviously not perfect, but I think representational. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think uh, you, uh, I'll have to go back and read those emails and I would be interested to see what you think about it, especially the end. Okay. I, I, I will check it out and I think it's a um, a good, it feels like it'd be a good movie to watch on a projector or in a theater as yes. well. It looks yes. like it's, it would be. The visuals are, are really, I'm not going to say they're the most impressive thing I've seen uh, even this year, but they are memorable and I appreciate that. Okay, as far as memorable goes, I had an interesting experience with, with the way I watched number seven. Uh, which I think probably for you already indicates what the film is, but um, the film, I, I, you know, and also our conversation about it, I think was really illuminating. We had a guest on for this episode, but for for me, number seven was Arrival by Denis Villeneuve, ah, uh, a film, respect, a film. I really, I think it's 
I guess you're right. In the in the in the ten to five range, you're just looking at films sort of like that do their jobs very very well. And yes. I think for me, Arrival is a film is a is a subject matter that I'm really interested in communication and semiotics and language, and mm-hmm. it tells that story really really well. Um, I'm, I, you know, we've we've redu- reviewed. Uh, two Villeneuve films on the podcast so far. Yes. Um, he's a director I'm really into. Um, I think this this screenplay is a really smart adaptation of that particular short story, and it does a mm-hmm. really great job of like balancing uh, an emotional story with a yeah with a science fiction tale which is which is you know pretty rare um so yeah number seven for me arrival Denny and you gotta give it credit where it, it it saved the alien genre for me from the horrible uh, absolutely mm. atrocious no good very bad day that was uh independence day resurgence for, see so i just I wouldn't even i wouldn't even put those two films in the same no but camp. so so if we're, Other if we're than thinking they about the alien genre right the yeah. aliens come and invade or come to earth genre so like arrival is so high and the other one is so low so right. now the genre has leveled itself out like okay. because i think arrival was brilliant yeah so that says how bad i thought resurgence was right <laughs> anyway uh where do you stand number, on number seven my number seven uh kind of like shahir's number nine uh because it feels like home manchester by the sea manchester by the sea uh, it was really good and powerful and strong and and felt nostalgic for me and and I mean it's weird to say like oh the movies remind me about bad times in my life not that I had specific things that were similar to the characters in the film just I, they were they 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 felt to me like characters I knew growing up and um, yeah I, I think it's a it's a really great film um, that deserves the praise it gets. With the exception of, well, not not even. I mean, Casey Affleck's great in it, uh, but I just think Casey Affleck's really good at playing that guy. Like, right. I'll I want to see Casey Affleck do something outside of his wheelhouse. Right. Well, I I would. Uh, you should watch. I don't know if it's outside of that wheelhouse, but um, but uh, and I would love to do this as a repeat viewing as the assassination of Jesse James by uh, by the coward Robert Ford, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Right. And he's just magnificent in it. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, like it's weird to me that I, I, I really looked at this film a lot to see if it would make my top ten list because it's obviously it's playing very highly in the award season kind sure. of, uh, uh, you know, the films of the year that that are going to be celebrated. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't really just, it just didn't quite land for me uh, as as strong as I think it is. Uh, and it was funny, uh, we were both texting this morning with uh, Annie Gillies, who was on our Light Between the Oceans episode, and who we're, <laughs> we're going to have back on our, uh, you know, our Pure episode, uh, the movie Pure, uh, which she wants to review. Um, and she said, uh, Shahir, you have no soul and you must be dead inside for not loving this movie. Um, I mean, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Uh, I Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe on repeat viewings that would come up a, a little bit for me, but it, the movie just... It didn't quite land for me, as though although I did think it was a very very good movie, mm-hmm. um, just didn't you know? Uh, it didn't. It wouldn't be. It didn't resonate for me like some of the other films on the list that we've already talked about. 
Yeah, no, different folks, different strokes that feel sort of like a heart beating, but in your case, it's just a cold, dead husk. I understand. <laughs> uh, if if we'd done Marguerite uh, from uh, Kenneth Lonergan a couple of years ago, that probably would have definitely made the list. That that you only really care about me. you only care about characters with movies that have uh, symbols or umlauts over the letters. Oh, there's no umlaut, but it is played by a New Zealander, so that's the only reason. I oh, would well, take there it. you go. There you go. All right, Anna all right. What's one. your number? What's your number uh, six? We on six? We're on number six, right? Right now, my number six is uh, is what I think to be the second most fun I had at the movies this year. Wait, then how is it number six? It's number six, the second most fun I've had at the movies right, this year. Right, but it's, shouldn't that be number two? The second most fun I've had at the movies this year. Yeah, because the first most fun would be number one. You're saying this is number six. Well, see, you've already established my criteria is that I don't like oh, fun. that is true. Oh, okay, true. you know what? Okay. <laughs> Count, you've just literally proven your point by proving my point. So right. I totally accept that. Oh, you were making a point. I'm sorry. I thought you were just being a dick. Um, <laughs> one in the same. One in the same. Uh, number six. My number six was Popstar. I, wow. Popstar, Popstar with a bullet. Um, I really, really, I. this was, again, you know, like we're talking about our top five movies, which sure. are just films that know what they are, do their job really, really well. And to me, Popstar is a film that does not overstay its welcome. It is hilarious from start to finish. Um, the songs are great. The writing is great. The The amount of fun everyone's having yeah. in this movie really resonated with me. Um, I just, uh, I, I really dug this movie. I, I, I think... To me, it's uh, potentially the best musical of the year. <laughs> in the year of the in the year yeah, no, of the music revival, I think revival. it's 100% the best musical of the year. I, no and I'm, I mean, I'm not I'm not bagging on La La Land at all. I I actually I really like La La Land, but um, we talked about our La La Land. You know, we've, sure. we've we've had our La La Land discussion. Yeah. Um, and you know, pop star just does it for me. I think pop star is great. Pop star never stops, never stopping. That's uh, right. It's Connor. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, that's a movie where every time I realize I don't own it, I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's that, a shame. This movie didn't do very well yeah. uh, at the box office. But I feel like in years to come, much like uh, a couple of their other, what was their, the the movie that they did about uh, Hot Rod? I feel like yeah, Hot, you Hot know, Rod like, got an audience like five years Yeah, I, li- I feel like uh, like Hot Rod, this is a movie that's going to like find an audience later in life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm I'm happy for that. Well, my number six, 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 the number of the beast, uh, is actually appropriate. It's 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 beastly. It's um Is it the devil? It's uh, actually Hunt for the Wilder People. I put the fucking New Zealand film higher on my list wow. than you did. Wow, Ricky Baker. What the <laughs> fuck is happening? <laughs> what tell me what you love about this movie. It's so fucking good. Like Popstar's funny, right? Yeah. Pop but Popstar is familiar funny like it's right. not that the jokes felt old or played out or anything like that far from it but it's a style of comedy i am used to and then you get this thing which is just injected with like such feeling and like it just felt fresh and and you know I, it was emotional when you wanted to be emotional but then it was super funny when you wanted to be super funny and you cared about every fucking character for real beyond the jokes right and um yeah, it's just real fucking good. And I know that I didn't get it on the same level that you got it, like with the in-jokes about like the truck and the, mm-hmm. you know, like that. And I love, I think what I love about that is I love that those are there. Yeah. And I know that they're not for me and I don't even care. Like, right. I'm just very happy that they they took all the greatness that they did and managed to even do more for a specific audience. And I think that's 
super, super just uh, just talented and and wonderful. And I think uh, anyone who hasn't seen this movie needs to go out and see this movie. Yeah, it's it's great. And like I, I think we were we were talking recently about movies that escalate. You know, yes. like they don't they don't just stay on one level, they escalate. And that's and Huntful of Will of People is a movie that really escalates the longer yep. it goes on in really smart ways. Uh, yeah, no great I mean, yeah. I, I like I said, for me it probably it dropped just because it was a little bit familiar to me, as in the comedy felt familiar. So mm-hmm. maybe it was a you know like a negative, but 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 uh, you know that I knew the in jokes, but but it's still a great movie. And I you know I hate rating films. You know like the, in any universe, Hunt for the Wilder People could be the number one film. Of the you year. are in the wrong profession. Yeah, I hate I rating hit, films against Shahir each other. Shahir on the only podcast about movies hates rating films. Well, I don't think we rate films on the only podcast about movies, do we? Like I think our job is to we discuss don't give them. it a rating, but we rate it. I guess. Like no, we we, I think, we discuss I, it enough. I think we review them and 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 hopefully the thing I hope we do is we engage with the conversation the movie starts, and and that's what I hope we do. I don't I don't think we want to like. I guess you're right. I mean, yeah, we don't we don't give it a number. We don't say you know four stars or do one and a half. Like it's only for the completists or whatever the yeah. fuck other people do. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, a point conceded. I, I, uh, I, I agree with that. And that's good. I think because when you do, when you, when you just give a movie, uh, I know we're literally doing that right now with our reviews, but this is just sort of a fun hokey, like one-off sort of thing we like to do at the end of the year. But when you consistently just give a movie, like a number score, you go by Metacritic a lot of the times or like something, you know, you're kind of shortchanging the the film and the filmmaker now i don't care if the movie's schlock or horrible or you fucking hate it but like talk about why you hate it i love talking about why i hate stuff right but back it up don't just be like eh, it's 23 percent yeah like, exactly. I uh, yeah I, I mean i hope people come to us not for the uh for the rotten tomatoes critique of the sure. film yeah they come to us for us reading the one line of imdb <laughs> uh, yeah exactly that's pretty much what we do on this show yeah um my number five film so of the top year. half Top half here. We're getting to the fucking real. This is getting fucking real. So it's the it's the least fun I had at a movie this year. Wow. Um, But I thought was a profoundly beautiful experience and uh, a film I don't think I will ever forget. Uh, It is one of the films. They're one of two films on my list that uh, actually came out in 2015, but we only got to review it in 2016. Uh, and that is Son of Saul by Laszlo Nims uh, about a, uh, a a Jewish man who is enlisted to corral other Jewish men or Jewish people into the gas chambers during the Holocaust. Um, mm. What I love about this, it's actually a point that you raised, Matt, during the conversation, which I hadn't thought about. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, which is this, you know, like... I was always on this guy's side um, because he was basically trapped in a moral quandary, but he doesn't seem to have any moral dilemma about doing what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. And it was something you said where you were like, I, I'm not sure I can get on board with this guy because he's being such an asshole to his own people. Yep. And and the thing that, you know, I had never seen the film that way or thought about the film that way. I think I had just always seen it as a guy in a difficult position and I'm not sure whether I like him or I don't like him and I'm not sure the thing that 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 was tricky about this film is that it puts you in that situation not just through the not just through the way it's filmed which has this unique sort of forced um, uh, forced 
framing of uh, the character in the foreground and basically right. seeing everything through his perspective. But it does put you in that position of what would I do in that scenario? And you're talking about a kind of evil that is systematic and inhumane. And uh, it's, it's a film that, you know, looking back at 2016 and the, the rise of this, um, mili- I don't want to say militaristic, but, and I don't, and I don't want to say, um, uh, fascism, you know, the rise of like a popular fascism in, in culture. I, I, cause I don't, I think that's probably over dramatizing it, but it does make me think a lot about the way in which people follow orders, uh, when, in the face of their basic morality. Okay. Um, and that's, uh, you know, for a film to do that, to deal with that subject head on, um, I think is, uh, is worth my watching and for it to be as executed as well as this was. Um, that's why it sits on my, on my number five. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, what I've said about this movie, I've said it. I just, I, I can't get, uh, behind the character and that's a problem for me not specifically because you're behind him physically the entire time of the film uh, i'm talking about just uh you know you know it's just this is one where you and i differ very greatly from and to be to be completely honest i remember my feelings about the movie but the movie i could not connect with it on any level close to the way you did so i can't even i don't even feel comfortable like ragging on it again right. because I don't remember it enough to back up my points right now. Right. Like that's where I'm it at just, with it. It didn't make an impression on you. Not at all. Right. Um, so I, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, fair enough. Where my, What what did make an impression to crack the top half of your list? This is so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Right. Completely different film. Yeah. No, it's actually the sequel to Son of Saul. Yeah, yeah, pretty um, much. No, um... Yeah, I, I've spent more time thinking about this movie uh, than any other Star Wars movie, I think. I mean, well, that can't actually physically can't be true because of the timeline, but I'm talking about like... Any uh, other Star Wars movie that's been released in the back half of 2016? Sure. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's just, it. it's it's not... I This made my number five because it's obviously not a perfect film. They had, uh, you know, there's two reasons. Uh, the first reason is while it's not a perfect film, it finally shows that the cinematic universe of Star Wars can go a little bit off the reservation and still be just as engaging. Uh, now, yeah, did it did it take, like, if there was, if this was a ski slope for difficulty and uh, Force Awakens, you know, was, you've, you've said, Shahir, like, let's call that like a green or a bunny slope, right? Mm-hmm. This is more of a blue. It's not a black diamond or a double black diamond or anything like that, but it shows that they're willing to do that. And I think as these movies wane, going back and forth between episode and sort of story, uh, a Star Wars story, you know, on and off every year, um, this is just, it's a nice, uh, it, it gives me faith that it will continue to do so. And the movie itself specifically, I really did enjoy. I've seen twice. I've seen it twice, uh, and I and I really liked it more the second time I saw it. And the last thing I'll say about it is this uh, falls into a impressive space for me because not only it's a Star Wars movie. I mean, there's so much weight behind it. Like you know, that ship has to be very difficult to steer. Uh, this movie obviously went through a sh- a butt ton of reshoots. 
uh, and a lot of stuff was missing from the trailer, uh, from the movie that was in the trailer. And while I would have loved to see that cut, the sort of darker cut where Jin Urso is more developed but unlikable, I think that probably would have been a better film. I do feel like in the world of constant reshoots and focus groups and bullshit that films of this size have to endure, and I don't want them to have to, it just that's just the nature of the beast. The fact that this movie came out as good as it did when we saw other films that went through similar processes just fail spectacularly. I'm looking at you, Suicide Squad, even though you probably made more money than this one. Mm. Uh, It's just, it it was very impressive to me that they managed to, the plates were slipping and they came down, but they seemed to catch them all before they broke. And um, so from from a technical aspect, I respected it as well. I think uh, your response to Son of Saul is basically the same response I have to Rogue <laughs> Yay, One. Yay, number five, symmetry! Uh, which is to say that, uh, you know that conversation I, I we were having just earlier about uh, movies that are middling and don't, uh, that kind of, in my opinion, waste my time feels like the harsh word for it, but it's just that my time is so limited and for a film to kind of so valuable <laughs> uh, for a film to kind of do nothing, uh, which I think Rogue One did. Uh, I, was I think kind it of, did a lot. I was kind of indifferent to it. Um, I was kind of very flat on the characters. Um, and, you know, I just didn't care. I, I really did enjoy our conversation on the movie sure. uh, with uh, guest Andrew Schultz. Um, but it's. Um, uh, it's uh, it's not a movie that would crack uh, crack my top ten. I doubt it would crack my top fifteen of the year. Uh, I'm not even sure it would crack the top twenty for me. Uh, but Keep that's, going. that's how, how low can it go? Uh, <laughs> what do we do? Fifty two? Fifty two films this year? Uh, no, no, it's not. It's not the worst movie I saw this year, but it's definitely in the. It's just such a middling. But I, I really, I do think the the visuals are really interesting. Um, I think the way it's shot is really beautiful. I think the uh, the way Gareth Edwards kind of can put together a scene visually is really beautiful, and it had some interesting moments for a Star Wars movie. I think I'm more interested in this movie than I am in The Force Awakens. Uh, but again, I, so, I, I am, said in the past. I'm just not that interested in this world going forward you hear that rogue one she hears just not that into you yep gareth edwards and george lucas right now are going oh number four she here what's your number four this is gonna hit a button for you i know it's gonna hit a button for you uh this is uh, a film that came out in 2015 which uh which breaks us, my rules instantly yeah brought us to to near blows in the in the studio with a guest in the room but uh the film that I uh, have revisited uh, two or three times since uh, and uh, really love uh, kind of more each time because it's rich and detailed and full of nuance and about a difficult subject is Spotlight. Um, oh, I thought uh, you were going to go with the Fast 7, but... Uh, yeah, no, it was close. It was, it was a real... Uh, it was a real tiebreaker there between Fast, <laughs> Fast 7 and this. But uh, Spotlight, I think, uh, is just uh, a masterclass in writing and, and, and restrained direction in the face of a complex story that somehow manages never to lose its complexity while at all times keeping me almost at the edge of my seat. Uh, 
um, I I love this film. I think it's uh, I think it's just a fantastic movie, um, and um, I will you know I I think I will rewatch this film uh, many many times in the next uh, you know for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, Matthew I, Matt I, I on the other hand, I couldn't disagree with you like anymore like i was trying to like as you were going in my head i was like okay do i could i possibly no okay if it affects you no it's like no 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 but i went down i was like i was looking for one fucking point of common ground and i just can't um i ah, this is you know why this is so hard for me because i can just not like a movie i don't think this movie is good i don't think this movie you know no no you know what i've said it in the past you know what it's i'll even i'll give it it's good it's fine it's meh but like that to me is even sort of worse than the pantheon of film. Um, but this is what gets me the most is that while you and I do disagree a lot, I mean, not I mean, enough. We agree enough. No, at this right? point, we have one crossover film in our top. Uh, I'm keeping score okay, here. So we disagree a lot, right? Yeah. And that's the point, and that's fun and whatever. But like, I do, I do respect <laughs> your your uh, knowledge and your your filmmaking skill and your opinions. <laughs> in everything we've done but this and it throws me so hard because like i can't i can't even pretend to be you at this point like i can't get behind it i've done two podcasts on this yeah you were on the um, the oscar watch podcast i was on oscar watch and i listened to that episode too and uh I couldn't disagree with you more. I know, than, I know, and, and we're not going to turn this into another fucking a battle royale yeah. about spotlight. <laughs> but man, I just it, it may. Uh, it's not even. I was like, oh, maybe I can tie it back to Shahir hating fun, but it's beyond that. There's something. I feel. <laughs> I feel bad for you. <laughs> oh wow, that is possibly the most condescending thing you've said in the last five minutes. I know. And I, I'm sorry, and and and. and and you probably feel bad for me because I can't see the the beauty that you see in it, and I. Well, it's it's interesting to me because I I I would make the the argument that you've just made. I would make about Rogue One and I know, Warcraft. I know, and so but, I know you. So I know you I, know I would the just, feeling. I, so I would just put it down to we have very different tastes in in what we want from a movie. Yeah. Um, no, I know, and 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 I didn't mean for that to sound condescending. I meant for that sort of to to just be like. Maybe you know what? I I might even take it back. I feel bad for me that <laughs> I can't I can't see this. And a lot of people are in your camp. I get it. Like one big picture. Want, not, not, I, and I, I know. I, I I never want to draw that card because I I don't think no. that's a good measure. And I don't that, think so that, either. That, but there, there's a there's a strong majority in favor of this film. There's no question. <laughs> um, I can't. I, I, and and it makes me. To, at this point in our conversations about it, it makes me feel bad that I can't see it. And not only that I can't see it, that I'm so animate against it. Because I'm not doing it vindictively and I'm not trying to be a contrarian in, in this particular case. Like, I just, I just, ugh, I can't. So maybe it is, maybe it's I, my I, fault. I think this is a, uh, if anyone's interested in the conversation we had about Spotlight, I think it was, it's a fascinating conversation uh, we had with uh, Jerome Milligan on the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a great, it's a great, it's probably, yeah, I, I think, go back and check that one go out. Go back and check that out. Where, where do you sit on number four, Mr. Kroll? I love it, because it couldn't be further from Spotlight. Like, let's see, okay, hold on, Shahir. What do you think the Hang polar on, wait, opposite? Of Spotlight is, I'm looking back at the is. films that we 
Please, no, please, for the love of God, no, it wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't be Suicide Squad, and it wouldn't be Batman v Superman. If if you said either of those two, sure. I would just drop the mic and walk out the room right now. And, and as you should, because spoiler alert, those would never be on any fucking list. Please I please don't do. tell me it's X Men Apocalypse. No, no, okay, God okay. no. Um, it's obviously not Ghostbusters. Could it be Sausage Party? You ready? Yeah. Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't hate Deadpool, but uh, give me your give me your uh, why it comes for you above Rogue One, Hunt for the Wild People, Manchester by the Sea, yeah, Doctor Strange, uh, the Nice Dead- Guys in Warcraft, Deadpool. If you, and you've complained in the past that superhero movies and Marvel in particular feel sort of stale and, and like you're treading water and that you know you're not doing anything, etc. Deadpool took that complaint and did something different with it and shot the genre in the arm uh, with a big old fucking dose of fucking zaniness and and managed to make a film on a fairly low budget for these type of things that was a fan, uh, I guess, requested or, 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 or called upon film from the beginning that no one thought would ever make any money and it proved that these kind of films are viable. Now, obviously, there's bad things that can happen with that because everyone's like, oh, people just want rated R superhero movies. Like, ah, that's not quite the true. But, like, it just took the genre and made the character feel like the character from the books that I loved and and put him in a fun little adventure that I've watched. I've probably watched Deadpool, God, eight times at this point. Like, I love that movie. It's It's one of the funniest films of the year while being one of the best sort of like just fun character pieces of the year. And uh, it's just, it's just a fucking good time. Yeah. So uh, listen, I, uh, I think Deadpool rank would rank higher for me than, than a film like Rogue One or definitely Warcraft. Uh, But my main complaint with this film is that he's a great character in an average movie. Well, I think, yeah, I think what they did, though, and this is something, sorry, this is something I meant to bring up, but I didn't. They found the film's strength, and the film's strength is the character, but the weird part about it is it's a character that you know you'll get sick of. So they only use him sparingly in the right amount in the right places, and other times it's his origin story. So I'm concerned about any sequel that this thing possibly has. I don't think it's going to be... It's but not going to be like a Guardians 2. You'd, you'd be completely naive if you didn't think that this is going to be spawning... Uh, uh, an entire franchise, right? Oh, it 100% is. I mean, they're already doing it. They announced yeah, yeah. it after the credits of this movie. Of but what I'm saying is I don't think it's going to be as good because the shine's going to have worn off, the surprise is going to wore off, and now you have to deal with a character that is admittedly too much of will make you hate him. But th- I think this was a... Th- I, we talk about master classes. I think this is a master class in a weird way uh, in restraint of Deadpool while keeping him totally Deadpool but not making you fucking want to gouge your eyes out because even reading too much Deadpool makes me just be like oh fuck like it was such a nice balancing act yeah uh this movie I think is you know like I say I think it's a he's a really fun character I really like Deadpool I just I wish they'd kind of done something other than Give me your stock standard superhero movie, and that's what they gave me. And uh, are you saying I'll, story, not movie? Yeah, story. The, the story. It was just gotcha. a stock standard superhero story. I can and, agree and, with that. And one, one that you know, like uh, it's a movie where I will possibly watch 
potentially jokes of from Deadpool, but but I'm not going to watch this movie again. But but I sure. think the thing that's been illuminating so far as we hit into our top three dun, dun, is, dun. is is how different our tastes are, and I think I think our tastes highlight you know kind of our different views on what film should be and what what we want from films, and I, I think that's. That's an interesting thing. Maybe our top three will converge. I have a feeling we might. This is the point because at this point, only one film is is the is the crossover movie between you and I, and that's Hunt for the Wilder People. Which is so it's interesting. I thought we did, well, no, I didn't. I'm looking at my list right now. I'm like, ah, well, maybe Nice Guys. I could have seen you pick Nice Guys. I, yeah, I could have picked Nice Guys. I could have picked Manchester. Yeah, um, but definitely, I uh, if I was coming to my top ten, I haven't seen Doctor Strange, but I, but Rogue One and Deadpool and Warcraft would just it wouldn't make it. I, I can I can respect um, Deadpool. I can respect uh, Rogue One. I'm sort of curious about Warcraft. Uh, I having just seen it and just ma- it making sort of a non impression on me. But um, but what about uh, so my number three? Yeah, uh, is a movie that I saw in a very empty theater with an elderly no, porn, man. We can't do the we can't do the porn ones. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah. You can't in a very empty theater. I was by myself. I had a lot of lube, so it was uh, uh well I ran out of lube, so it was a very difficult time for me. Uh but no <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was sitting and, and now to just to continue the porn allegory even further, I was sitting next to an elderly gentleman who <laughs> who, <laughs> who started this movie kind of going, I don't know what what the hell is happening. Uh, and ended this movie rolling in the aisles laughing. Um, and to me, the movie that I think did what I would have hoped a Deadpool movie would do, uh, being that character, is uh, Swiss Army Man. Yep. Swiss Army Man by the Daniels, I just think, is a is a giant stamp of hey we're here we think movies are weird and funny and strange and that's what that's what we are and that's what our movies are going to be like and even the ending of this this the ending of this movie uh, spoiler alert ends with a character staring at into the distance of what just happened and just says what the fuck and then we cl- cut to black I loved this film from start to finish. My quote from the beginning, if you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit, is directly oh, from Swiss Army Man. Um, I've been a fan of the Daniels for a while. And you know the, the worry when you're a fan of uh, short filmmakers and music video makers is can they translate the thing that makes them brilliant in that genre yeah. and category in, onto the screen? And 100% they did. Uh, and 100% I'm on board, and it's it's like no other film I've seen this year, and uh, I absolutely adore it, and I think uh, it's an incredible uh, testament to what filmmakers who are trying the medium out for for the first time can give us that other people who are trying to emulate other people will give. So I just I just love this film. Yeah, nice. No, I don't disagree with any of that. The weird thing is it doesn't crack my top 10. Wow. I'll tell you that right okay. now. All right. Uh, We're still- I, but I but I did enjoy it. Um, it would definitely be in the 11 to 15 range. There's no question. It um, It's all those things you said. Like, there's no there's no question. But I think the reason I didn't it didn't crack it for me was because when I was because I tried not to to make this list. I tried not to look at like our backlog. I just mm-hmm. tried to like think of movies this year. Mm-hmm. And then once I'd completed my list. 
it just, I looked back and I was like, oh yeah, Swiss Army Man. Like, I really liked that. And I was like, well, this, then I made the right choice for me. Um, <laughs> but, I, but it's great. And anyone who hasn't seen it, go see it. And if you don't like this movie, like at least, or you don't think something's funny in it, or you don't, it's, I, I, can't, I won't say it has to be one of your favorites because it's obviously not one of my favorite favorites. Um, but like, there's something for everyone in this, which is weird to say about a movie that surround, is basically um, about, not about, but involves a constantly uh, farting corpse. Yeah, it's the only farting corpse movie. If you're going to see one farting corpse movie, one, yeah, see this, this is, one. See this one. Where do uh, you sit on number three? Still no num- crossovers, apparently. I know, I know. Number three. Moonlight. Ooh, Moonlight. Okay. Moonlight. Uh, and this is this is so I, I we know how I review things. I go on enjoyment, right? I that's my that's my um that's my criteria is how much I enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. This movie though, obviously I enjoyed it. It's number three. Um, but holy shit. Like it's so moving and deep and sad and beautiful and and that and 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 not only you know you think like oh maybe he's talking about the stories their characters like yep i'm talking about that but i'm talking about like the look and the sound and just like everything this movie is the ultimate i it's like it's kind of weird to say this but like if i wanted to look at the thing that like if i was going to say what technically like what if on a technical level is the best film of the year i might give this to be my number one but I'm going more on the what I've enjoyed, what I will think about, what I will continue to revisit sort of scale. Um, it's just so good. And whenever someone's like, oh, I didn't see it, I literally raise my voice to them and like, go, fucking get it. Like, <laughs> this is a film that no one should not see in 2016. 2016 as a year needs a fucking hard dose of this shit to maybe fucking knock the spider webs out of its goddamn brain. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's an astonishing movie uh, that uh, we will talk about uh, uh, soon as well. And yeah, what's we interesting, can wait, is, you can wait for yours because I figured yours would be up here. Yeah, and I and, and I'm as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, what is uh, Matt's number uh, two and one? And I I think I have an idea of what they are. Well, what's your <laughs> what, What's your number two? Uh, my number two uh, is The Witch. By Robert Eggers, yep. I yeah. I uh, absolutely I think no film this year that we reviewed had as strong a sense of control uh, of the cinema of, of uh, the language of cinema as we know it, um, and no stronger sense of dread in a film uh, that I had seen this year uh, other than The Witch, and um, I think. You know, uh, we have been talking about uh, Alien and Aliens recently in some ancillary yep. discussions, and uh, uh, I just recently rewatched Alien, and you know, Alien is a masterclass in in uh, knowing how to build atmosphere um, through through the cinematic language. And to me, The Witch, uh, Robert Eggers, the first time director, um, is just in complete control of the medium. Um, and uh, absolutely destroyed me. And it's not just a matter of his technique. I actually think his story was profoundly beautiful. Mm. Um, uh, The ending of this film will haunt me uh, for as long as I live, I would say. And... um, and I think this this ranks up there as one of the greatest horror movies that has ever been made. 
Every time you talk about it, it makes me want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my movie-going experience kind of tainted it. Uh, we've talked about it. There was a weird fucking awful theater I saw it in. Yeah. Um, and I do, because it is. It, there's quiet moments that need to be quiet. There's loud moments that need to be loud in it. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Again, I, it's one of those ones that, like, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I don't think a movie necessarily needs to be in the forefront of your mind to, to mean it means something to you after you've seen it. But like again, every time you say the witch, I'm like, fuck, I should I need to I need to watch that again. I I need to and you know what I wanna do? I wanna watch it like at home on my big screen with someone who hasn't seen it. Right. Like and that I think would be a really enjoyable time. Yeah. Uh, that way I can get all my like, ooh, now I can sort of like really watch it and then I could enjoy them being all spookified. So um, it reminds yeah. me of uh, the first time I saw Rosemary's Baby, uh, to be honest with you. When the first time I saw that movie, I was like, wow, this this is just a masterclass. And uh, and the witch to me is a masterclass in in narrative and in uh, execution. So yeah. I, I, I just adore this film. What's all your right, number two? Number with the I, I have a guess. What I, I think I know what it is. I, can I take a guess or shall we? Shall uh, we? Sure. You can take a guess. Is it 10 Cloverfield Lane? No. Captain oh. America Civil War. Oh, wow. That I had that pegged as your number one, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, it was back and forth. But uh, look, I mean, what what can be said about this that I haven't already said a trillion times? I love this movie. The only bad thing about this movie is I have no idea how they're going to manage to make me care about the MCU and the characters in it more than this conflict made me care. Uh, this, this to me is the peak. I've, I've said it a bunch of times like Thanos. Yeah, cool character in the comics, but like he, he's in love with the physical embodiment of death and he's after the Infinity Stones and it's so cosmic and so big. I can't remember a movie that felt like super cosmic and huge that I actually cared about the universe dying. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I hope they can pull it off and, I, you know, their pedigree is great. I just, this film itself was small. It was a, it was small. It, it, small? It's weird to the say it was Civil small. Civil War was small? It was, <laughs> its strength came from the smaller moments. Like, yes, right. it, the fucking airport scene is awesome looking and shocked me. And every time I see it, every, every, I, I have a huge shit-eating grin on my face. Uh, but, like, I can also recognize that, like, you know, while the action is great in this film, it's not reinventing any wheels. Uh, but, like, the moments, you're taking these larger-than-life, basically modern-day myths or gods and putting them in a situation where they're where they're ethically opposed to one another and 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 putting that sort of on screen and making you feel sort of the things that they made me feel anyway uh it it's great because it's taking these crazy huge insane characters and bringing them back down to a human level and that's something that i fucking love so yeah uh, After this, America Civil War. This movie surprised me. I think it's the first movie in uh, in the Marvel Universe that surprised me. And it, it did the things that we were talking about uh, uh, in a movie that I haven't seen, which is Doctor Strange. But it, it, its ending is quieter than I expected it to be and uh, a little bit more profound than I expected it to be. So I did actually really like it for that. Um, I still struggle with wanting to revisit it. Um, you know, I, I've, you know, like I've had some friends over recently and like, we were trying to pick a movie to watch on the projector as an example of something that feels big. And so we always kind of generally throw on the airport scene from the, from civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and when I watch it, I'm like, cool. Yeah. It's a cool scene. Do I, do I want to see the rest of this? I, I tend not to, but I, but I, 
But I do agree that this film did the the kind of central conflict that comes out of the ending is smaller than you would expect and more interesting than you would expect. So I did, I, I, I you know, it doesn't, it still suffers from relatively a lot of the problems I have in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is that they're, they tend to make films to try and pitch you on other films as opposed to, you know, making one great story. It is now, no, it's, it, it's, it suffers from that less than, than, than most. Um, um, and it's, it's not a life changing movie for me or anything like that, but it's, it's, it, it's interesting. I liked it. I enjoyed what it had to say. One uh, last thing I'll say about it, uh, is that I think other than Loki, and this is, this is where I'll give the Marvel cinematic universe, uh, a little bit of guff other than Loki, uh, Zemo's the best villain in yeah. that this thing has had. Yeah, and, and, that, because, and when, I, when I was speaking about the ending, I think that's what I was speaking to. Yeah, uh, it's because the story and the filmmakers knew that Zemo was not... Zemo had to be a catalyst, but never the solution. Right. And uh, you can debate whether or not Zemo won in the end. Uh, and I think we'll see that sort of moving forward. But yeah, let's go to your number one, Shahir. Number I th- I th- one. I think you know what it is. Uh, it's a film that you, it's it's one of only two movies that we have crossed over on so far. <laughs> it's uh, going to be, uh, oh, Captain America, of it's course. Definitely, it's definitely Civil War. Is, is my No, no. My, my number one movie of the year is... Uh, is of course Moonlight. Um, I absolutely now the interesting thing was is it was not a film that I fell in love with immediately after I walked out of the out of the theater. Didn't that kind of spoil it for you? Not no. spoil it, but like I didn't I text you and be like, it's so fucking good. Yeah, but what was weird is you texted me that and said, yeah, it's so good. And then what was amazing is that I agreed with you, and and then I kind of thought about it, and the movie kind of seeps it its way into your consciousness and 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 stays there and it, and you realize that such it, it's such a delicately made film um that it it sneak it, it's surprising how profoundly beautiful this movie is in its smallest moments in its most incidental moments it is true um there are scenes at the dinner table uh with uh, Janelle Monet and uh and Chiron as a as a middle uh, in the middle chapter that yeah. are that brought me to tears uh not just because they were so well written but because they, they were so small they were tiny moments and i and i just i fell in love with this movie and you know if i'm going to if i'm going <laughs> to if i'm going to quote one person this this year it's going to be lin manuel miranda when he accepted his tony award for hamilton you know at the in the wake of the orlando shooting and he said something along the lines of love is love is love is love is love is love and what i love about this movie is it is so much a love letter to the joy and the um the joy of love and the way in which love can transform us and it's and not and the pain of love and the pain of love and it's not it's not schmaltzy. It's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not the Notebook by any by any stretch of the imagination. It's. Uh, it is uh, an honest, real um, testament to what love is and what and why love is so important. And uh, I think in as uh, shitty a year as 2016 was on a global level the reason why moonlight stands out isn't just because the year was shitty this is a movie for the ages and i think this is a movie that will 
be remembered in the pantheon of uh, great American cinema. Um, I, I was absolutely floored by this movie. The, the more I thought about it, the more I spent time with it. And, right. um, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, like a few of the films I, I mentioned, uh, on my list, it's a, it's a film I will revisit. Um, it goes without saying, I think everyone that listens to our podcast should watch this movie. Um, oh, if you haven't, I, yeah, come on. It's, and it, you know, like the other thing is, is this is a movie beyond awards, uh, I don't care if it wins Oscars. I don't care if it wins no Oscars. Uh, I think this movie is beyond that conversation as far as its importance in in cinema, cinematic history. It, it would also, I mean, obviously the, a filmmaker I love is Wong Kar Wai, and it, mm-hmm. and it seems to resonate with the things I love about Wong Kar Wai. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. Highbrow, highbrow me agrees that we it goes beyond awards lowbrow me is like fuck you academy like you need to give this thing it's fucking due like i i know it, i know I, I i i'm at war with that back and forth um right. i just yeah i, I guess what i'm saying is great. i think this movie is so good i don't care if it doesn't win a right. thing i got you yeah i got you um okay number one. Well, my, my number one do you have any guesses are you I, completely stumped? Uh, Don't say it. I just I, I, I want to. I want to reveal. I have it. a couple of guesses as to what it is, um, but there, it could be any one of the three films okay. that I'm looking. Here at. Here we go. I bet you you can guess it, but I, it's one number, of three films that I have, and I'll tell you if, yeah. if you if it is one of the three. My number one film of 2016, the year of our Lord, Suicide Squad. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Bad great Super fucking Bunch. 12 music videos. Um, Ghostbusters. No. Arrival. Wow. Did okay. I stump you? You did. I. I uh, that was not one of the three I was thinking of. What were the three you were thinking of? I was thinking you were either going to go with 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yep. Green Room. Mm-hmm. Or Room, uh, a film from last year. Sure. No. Arrival, baby. Uh, Arrival... I was looking forward to it since the trailer and it blew away any inkling of, of, you know, Oh, this would be cool. It just, it lit my mind on fire. Like it's such a great balance of a sci-fi film and a drama and a, and a pretty fucking scientific look at the way we communicate with one another. And you tie in with that, really deep sort of uh, character issues for one or two of the characters. Plus, uh, it's got a bunch of fucking... It does what I would consider... And this is a little bit of spoiler town, but it does... um, It deals with time in a real fucking interesting way. And it deals with... It was what my quote was. It was was the... um, What's it called? Memory is a strange thing uh, from the beginning. And that's appropriate for watching movies. That's appropriate for, you know, experiencing film and letting it sort of soak in over time and whatnot. And this film, which I also saw twice in the theater, um, it it moved me in a way that I haven't been moved by actual sci-fi in a long damn time. And I think, like, Moonlight, for instance, and again, if we wanted to go into do I think what is a technically more better film, I, I, I think moonlight ekes it out but i as far as affecting me arrival uh it just like 
it just sings. Like, it's just a fucking beautiful testament to the to the successes and follies of the way we as a species talk to each other. And for a film that's in, inevitably obviously made by humans, made to convey a message to able to do that and sort of do it even sometimes on a meta level is is sort of amazing. And I, and I was not expecting this movie to be my number one of the year, but uh, Amy Adams and fucking Jeremy Renner just knock just it out pull, the park. Pulling it out of the park. It, it's uh, funny because, it, you know, like it's a film about the way in which language changes the way we think. And, yes. and you know, the funny experience that I've been having is I have a, a, a toddler at home that is learning language at this time. And whenever we get into that kind of how do how does this, you know, being that has that doesn't have the same language skills as me. How do I communicate with it? I always think about scenes from Arrival um, ever since. You know, I think about uh, the way in which we point to things and the way in which we kind of like create meaning to objects. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, um, yeah, uh, you ha- hearing you talk about Arrivals makes me wish I had put it slightly higher in my list. But I, I, I'm happy with where it stands in terms of I think it is it's the kind of movie I want to see more of. And it's yes. a movie... You know, for me, like like uh, we were saying, uh, when when I had to excuse myself from my life to go see that movie, I did not feel, even though I may have lit some people down because I was like sh- shirking on some of my responsibilities, I didn't feel <laughs> like I'd wasted my time because it was such a great movie. Right. Um, so you know, and it's a it's it's I think maybe one of it's one of only a few films that I will insist upon uh, us watching at home at some point. Um, I, yeah, no, it's great. It's a, it's really great. Um, I'm not sure it gets me excited about the Blade Runner sequel for Vidini Villeneuve. Um, but, uh, but it sure look, uh, yeah, I'm a fanboy. I don't and- think, I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone needs a Blade Runner sequel. Uh, I think if there's one that has to come out, I'm psyched. He's doing it. Yeah. Like that's kind of where I sit with that. Um, yeah. We'll so we had we had only three movies out of ten on which we overlapped. Yeah, thirty yeah. percent. Matt, we are, th- and I think that's a testament to why I enjoy doing this show. Is that yeah. is is that we are we are a thirty <laughs> percent crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Statistically speaking, we will agree thirty percent of the time. Every and it's, time. And it's and it's the seventy percent of the times that we disagree that I think is the most enriching conversations we have. Sure. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> like um, just, like as, as just then. Uh, Matt, uh, we uh, one thing that we introduced this year was our uh, listener request reviews, and I don't yeah. want to go do a, a whole thing about this, but what was your, you know, because these can be movies from 40 years ago, these can be movies from one year sure. ago. Well, I'm going to, uh, I, I mean, I really liked, um, let's see, I'm going down my list of, um, I really liked doing Enemy. Yep. I thought Enemy was really great. Uh, again, same guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same guy. Uh, we should do Prisoners, to... and we should do Incendies, and we should do, uh, I forget, Polytechnic, I think was his first film. We should do a short film as well, to be honest with you. American Beauty was really fun. Children of Men was a great conversation. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? I think uh, the... Uh, uh, what was it? Not uh, I'm the devils sort of going through stuff. Devils was really like a really fun episode. In fact, I um, as far as my episodes go, 
Okay. Because uh, now we did. Now we did the review. Well, what, are, what, are, what did I tell you? Which, which just quickly, which movies that I really enjoyed? And then yeah, you can yeah. Sorry. Tell us. Tell us. Uh, so the older movies, I think Children of Men was my favorite to revisit, um, mm-hmm. just as a film that I think is uh, has aged like fine wine. It was great when it when it first came out, but it's gotten even better and more important as it's gotten older. I love the Devils. I loved uh, our listener asking us to do a really far out movie like that, and I loved like. Uh, you know, having to dig deep on the research on that sure. film. Um, I love doing Enemy because it felt like I was introducing you to a, a filmmaker that I think yeah. really rocks your world. And, you know, Testament, he made the your number one film of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a film I didn't think you would like, to be honest with you. Arrival uh, or Enemy? Uh, enemy. Oh, yeah. No, I remember because I remember I was super happy that I proved you wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, what I loved about our drive review was that Drive, uh-huh. I felt like, was me interrogating you about the reason <laughs> you don't like that movie. And I yes. felt, and and I've received more offline mail about uh, our review of Drive than any other movie this year. Like, so people, interesting. People have uh, emailed uh, kind of offline to discuss our review of Drive. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I did enjoy American Beauty as well. But so, what were your favorite, with that in mind, what were your favorite reviews? The favorite, so this is the 2016 year in review of the reviews of the year. Yeah. Uh, I really dug, first, I'm just going to kind of lump some together. Like, I really liked everyone we had with, like, really interesting and different guests. Of course. Um, even, uh, so, like, X-Men Apocalypse I did with a bunch of my friends from home. That was really fun. Yeah. Gabriel's on Doctor Strange was fucking great, and it just felt like nerding out with, like, an old friend. Uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice with Vince, <laughs> you, and Gerard was so fucking fun. <laughs> uh, to me, like, uh, unlike the film, yeah, uh, of course. Ghost, also, Ghostbusters with Gerard and Jesse Jollies, that was so good. Um, yeah. uh, La La Land with Tessa, uh, I really enjoyed as well because it was, I like this is the first that was the first time we had someone on who wasn't a friend, wasn't a friend, we, and who also uh, was kind of an expert in that area, yes, you know, like non friend school, expert, yeah, could school us on a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, plus, um, your opening to that episode is the greatest thing uh, that 2016 fun. has produced. Uh, I think Birth of a Nation uh, was yeah, a great I was gonna review say with that. Ramon I, Al- Ali Bug. I was going to say that one in particular because I think we all wrestled with that film quite mm-hmm. a lot. And we were all trying to figure out where we stood on that film. Because that's, that's an interesting entry in this year, which is a film that you know came out with a lot of steam and fanfare. And yeah. then faded away as quickly as it came for yeah. reasons not to do with the film. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about our review is us trying to negotiate our feelings about the person behind sure. that film and and that film itself. Yeah. Also, um, Rogue One with Schultz was just, we've mentioned it before, was such a great conversation about yeah, what Schultz, would normally be. <laughs> Schultz was just a barrel of like, how can we take, I, I mean, because I think, and I, I'm not sure if I'm paraphrasing. No, Schultz just kind of mildly enjoyed that movie, but he was, he's willing to like, Take us in weird directions. Yeah, I kind of which really I like that. Yeah, uh, and then the last two, uh, Art of the Deal, the movie. Yeah, uh, because back when it was back when it was a joke, it was hilarious. Yeah, uh, and then finally, I think I think my favorite review of the year was episode sixty, getting good at video game movies uh, live. Right, right, yeah, it was good because it was our first live episode, and it's a topic that's near to dear to my heart. And I think we we killed it uh, both times, actually. But the original one, which is up, and I think the video version, and I might do an audio version too um, of this next one because we add stuff like uh, more stuff about Warcraft and Assassin's Creed. Um, um, are there any movies that you wished could have made? Like like what yeah, what came yeah. close to your top ten that didn't quite make the cut that you? Well, because we wanted there? to we wanted to um, only include movies we'd reviewed. 
Oh no no, I'm asking about movies that w- w- that we did review that didn't quite make your cut that you were kind of like, "Oh, I really want this in there but but can't quite make it work." Oh, um I mean, oddly enough, I uh well, the lobster for me, I I wanted to put in a sort of spot because but then like it it tanked the ending and I didn't quite like it. Also Swiss Army Men. Right. Um yeah, I, I mean, and, and which was somewhere in there. And Green Room. Green Room mm-hmm. was one uh, that I felt it didn't have a space, but I really... Uh, I really wanted to get Sausage Party in there. I really, I, yeah. just, I, I just wanted to get Sausage Party in there. I really wanted to get uh, Childhood of a Leader and Art of the Deal in there. I think Tin Cloverfield Lane would, yeah. uh, could have easily been in my top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, just didn't quite. Uh, just didn't quite make the cut above uh, the other films that I really like, but it's it's so solid it could have easily been in any number of places in my top ten. Yeah. What's the worst then, film you saw this year that uh, that we reviewed? The worst film? Yeah. Suicide Squad. Right. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Batman v Superman, but equally could have been Suicide Squad. Suicide the saddest. Squad. To me, the saddest trend of 2016 is that I think we're slipping as a culture further and further into idiocracy in the fact that Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman, the two films that we've picked as the worst movie of the year, are also the highest grossing movies that we reviewed. Yeah. Uh, um, I think Rogue One grossed more than that, but... Um, well, but Suicide it, Squad, yeah. There's a super interesting... I meant to put this on the Facebook, and yeah. I might still do it. Uh, there's a super interesting uh, video. It's about a half hour long about bad editing. Right. And it focuses in on Suicide Squad. And it's so just like it's all the things like you realize like, oh, this doesn't feel right. or This feels awful. Then it explains why it feels awful. Like that's just a that's a shitstorm of a film. Um, yeah. what, so, one more episode that I thought was just great to touch on was uh, our Michael Moore and Trump land episode with Paul Trillo. Yeah. I think we were all mourning from the uh, from the result of the 2016 election. And I think it was a great uh, yeah. outlet for us to kind of discuss. To watch that movie after the fact yeah yeah <laughs> um and then real quick just a couple mm-hmm. movies i wanted to review but we didn't get around to it right uh, so, so so i guess this because i have a list of uh movies i saw that i really loved this year that we didn't review yeah um i guess that would i mean be i just have three i'll just yeah. say them real quick is miss sloan which was okay. shockingly yeah. better than i thought it would be jessica chastain uh, right oh uh, she, yeah she was great like it was just I can't say it like it was it was surprising how much I liked it, but the plot's like not surprising. Like it's just good. Like I enjoyed it. Uh, also, Kubo and the Two Strings is yep. easily the coolest, most beautiful animated film I've seen in forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wiener, the documentary, right? is, yeah, I saw is that. Very, I really, very good. Very good. It yeah. sort of gives a little peek into you know into not a, only his life, but sort of like how politics is handled on a personal level. Yeah, no, Wiener is fantastic. Um, there were uh, the. I have to be honest. The best movie I saw this year was not a movie that's on our. Is a movie that we reviewed, uh, and it's not even a recent movie. It's a movie called About Ali by Asghar Fahadi. It's the same case last year. I saw an Asghar Fahadi movie, uh, The Past, which I think was the best movie I saw that year. About Ali is available on Netflix now. It's a movie that. Um, oh, I would actually. Is it better than Moonlight? I don't know about that. I, I hate ranking like that because these are two profoundly amazing films. But About Ellie is available on Netflix, Iranian film. It had me literally on the edge of my seat uh, from start to finish uh, and is the most remarkable thing. I really, um, I saw the before Sunrise, Sunset, uh, Midnight trilogy. I, I loved watching those. I wish I'd seen those earlier in my life. Uh, OJ Made in America, the... Uh, the five-part ESPN documentary <laughs> is uh, is uh, essential viewing for uh, for this year. I think it's is that excellent. on Hulu or Netflix. It's on Hulu. Um, I just binged it recently, and uh, it is 
it is it is a a profound retelling of what makes America America. Nice, um, really great. I loved Thirteenth, uh, the Ava DuVernay film. Mm-hmm. Documentary that not a lot of people saw, uh, Finders Keepers, about a uh, dismembered foot that finds its way into a legal custody battle. Oh, man. Uh, Fantastic. I, Daniel Blake, the new Ken Loach film uh, I saw while I was in the UK. It's uh, if you I think if you ever wanted to figure out why someone might vote Donald Trump, uh, I, Daniel Blake, is the film to kind of watch and think about. Okay. Uh, Don't think twice as well the the improv comedy movie. I wish we'd... Oh, yeah. It was really great. Um, Oh, two more for me. Fences was really, really great. Great. Girl, yeah, Um, I've been waiting to see that. Denzel, Denzel, the hell out of that. And everyone (laughs) did amazing. It was like a powerhouse performance all over the... It felt like a play, but I didn't mind. Fences? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I just, I thought that was a super, a super good movie. And, um, yeah. That's, uh, you that's had two more. You said you had. Oh, uh, well the other one I think we might do, so I don't want to say it. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're, you're talking about. Shh. Um, there's a lot of movies I wish I'd seen this year. There's too many, like we did manage to do 52 reviews, but, uh, yeah, you'd always of, miss some. There's a lot of movies that I, I still think we're going to review. Hopefully, uh, Tony Erdman, uh, I've had a lot of great things about the handmaiden. Uh, we're both Chanwook park fans. Um, Krisha under the shadow, which is available on Netflix right now. Embrace the serpent, the wailing There's so many movies I wanted to see this year. Yeah. Um, so, that I didn't get to. Well, let me ask you this. Mm hmm. 2017 we're living it we're in we're, we're living the dream right now so to take us out right yeah let's go back and forth if we can mm-hmm. about movies we're looking forward to in 2017 okay so like i'll say guardians 2 because it's going to be a volume 2 i should say because it's going to be amazing uh i'm going to say stephen king's it because I have no idea what it's going to be. And that is, I've read that book. I read that book when I was like 10 years old or maybe 12 years old or something like that, yeah. which is stupid. And okay. it is like an LSD trip, LSD clown fill trip. And I don't yeah. know if what they can, if they can actually pull off what that movie is. Yeah. All right. My next one is get out. It's basically Stepford wives, but with racism. I, I have that, that, that would have been my next one as well. I'm it's really, so, it's going to be, I'm, I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's not schlocky. I'm hoping it's just the right amount of schlocky. I'm hoping that the, the promise of Key and Peel is better than Keanu. Sure. Uh, who turns it now? Let's do lightning round. Let's do these real fast. One sentence on each. You go now. Uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. I think that's a franchise that is actually kind of doing interesting things, and I like that they're taking their time between these films. Nice. Logan. I think it's going to be the quintessential Wolverine movie. They're adapting Old Man Logan and throwing Jean-Luc Picard in that mix, so I'm all fucking psyched for that. Great trailer. Uh, Dunkirk. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, Who makes bigger, bitter films than Christopher Nolan? I don't know. Yeah. Fate of the Furious, because it's taking a ridiculous franchise and making it even stupider, and I love it. Okja by Bong Joon Ho, uh, big fan of this filmmaker, and uh, uh, loved Snowpiercer and Memories of Murder. I think this is a guy to watch out for. Yeah, Alien Covenant, because it's about damn time. Yeah, we should have had that with Prometheus. Mm. <laughs> yep. What, what's your next one? Uh, I'm actually out. I'm going to say The Handmaiden, because we didn't see it. Okay, I'm going to say Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales because I'm a sucker. Uh, yeah, you are. Embrace Nothing the serpent. Else? Embrace yeah, the serpent. Embrace the serpent. Good. Wonder Woman because it's the only hope that DC has. Oh, God. Uh, you keep. You just keep. Uh, uh, Symmetry of Splendor. For- I'm going to make you watch Symmetry of Splendor and uh, see what happens it. to you. 
you won't. Thor Ragnarok, because it's going to blow Shahir's mind in a good way or a bad way. Mm-hmm. Star Keep- Wars Episode Eight. Yeah. All Nighter starring J.K. Simmons. It's a comedy that meets Taken. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for yeah, that. It looks I've hilarious. Seen, I watched the trailer. I think it's a, I, it doesn't look like it's a better movie than the trailer is. I hope, I hope it is. Lego Batman, because hell yes, Lego Batman. Yeah, I, I, I'm up for that. Spider-Man Homecoming, because it's, it's the homecoming for good old Marvel. Sure. Uh, also, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, I'm just interested in it. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. I'm just can, sort of psyched to Luke see it. Can Luke Besson deliver on the promise of the fifth element? Yes. And finally on my list, Free Fire. Free the Fire. Go- free. Free Fire. It's okay. a Scorsese executive produced film that's like about like a 19, late 70s group of people that are selling guns in a warehouse and it turns into a gunfight and it all takes place during that. What's like it takes place almost in real time. Oh, you've stumped me, Mr. Kroll. I have not heard of this film. It. I know you're not a trailer guy, but the trailer is beautiful. I saw it in front of a movie and I was like, whoa, where did this come from? Oh, cool. And, uh, I'm very excited for it. So uh, yeah, that's that's my hopes for 2017. Uh, side note, any TV shows that you really dug this year that you want to just quickly mention? Man, I mean, we're already an hour 30 in. We got to finish this up. Uh, uh, Westworld, obviously. Everyone loves Westworld. Um, and I, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go polar opposites. Are you ready for this? Westworld, obviously, right? And I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna be that guy. Fuller House. Huh. I'm saying it straight up. First season was a bunch of schlock that they were just doing catchphrases and uh, uh, cameos to sort of like let the thing go by. But I don't know if it's the nostalgia factor or just that I'm a sucker for the old school format. I think that's where the nostalgia comes from, not for the actual characters, but the format of like the old school sitcom. Um, now that like the characters, like I'm starting to care about DJ's kids and like, I don't know, it's just in the, 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 the catchphrases and the sort of in jokes and the cameos are just in it enough now. So I'm, I'm actually kind of proud that it, it turned it around for me. Um, <laughs> what started as a joke, I actually really enjoy. What started a joke and got the whole world laughing. Um, yeah. I will say, uh, show me a hero. Uh, the HBO show by David Simon was mm-hmm. a knockout for me. I absolutely adored it. And then Archer, I, co- I finally have Archer's been catching so up with Archer, and Archer is genius. Yeah, I think no show has made me laugh out loud, and and then make me want to stop laughing so that I can pause so that I can keep up with the jokes. So I, you I can yell Lana. Yeah, I, I love uh, Archer. Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting year. It's been real, Matt. Yeah. And, and uh, thank thank you for, for putting up with me and thank you for reviewing and thank you to everybody for, for the same. You guys, you guys are the team work that makes the you're dream the team work. behind the team. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um Shahir, listen, this has been the two thousand sixteen year in review of reviews of the year. Okay. When you're not reviewing your own podcast, yeah. where can folks find you? You can find me reviewing my own website on the only podcast about Shahir Dowd at www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Mr. Kroll, how about yourself? Where are you? You you can find me at MatthewKroll.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L. You can find me uh, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and MSK, or sorry, Emperor MSK on Twitter. And something else I want to add this time around, uh, you can find me on Battle.net, the Blizzard gaming service at Skeletor2099, then the number uh, 1645. <laughs> if you want to play some Hearthstone with me or some Overwatch, look me up on there. Also, you can find us 
at onlymoviepodcast.com uh, or onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or onlymoviepod on Twitter. Uh, write us in. Let us know if you agree with our picks. If not, hell, write us in and let us know what you're excited about for 2017 and maybe get some uh, requests in there. Listen, this 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 list was real. There is, you know, they they couldn't be as far apart as they were. Uh, I am very surprised by like usually. I think even last year our lists were kind of close. Sure. Uh, this year they're pretty far off. So I'm I'm really curious to hear what our listeners think. Uh, write us in. I'm I'm really curious to hear what you think about like our opinions on movies and whether we got it right, whether we got it, whether Shahir is actually a snooty douchebag or whether Matt just uh, is a vapid Marvel lover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess that does it. We'll see you next week for just one movie as opposed to a bunch of them. Wow. And uh, yeah, we love you and uh, we will see you next week. We are the 30%. Oh, God. <laughs> Bye. Bye.